come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Welcome back, friends and neighbors, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Every Saturday night, the Freak Show happens right here on your radio dial or wherever you find fine podcasts and other internet radio talk. Probably on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and more. Uh, hey, check out our back catalog. We've got like, I think this is like our 177th really? episode. I thought we were in the 200s already. It might be 176. Oh, I'm lying to people, I guess. It's amazing that we've been doing it. That we've seen 176 movies Whoa. on this show. That's over impressive. the course of God knows how, how long we've been doing it. Uh... Every Saturday night, a movie gets chosen round robin by one of the Saturday Night Freak Show superstars, Travis, Holly, and I'm Colin. We're down at least one guy tonight. Sickness? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so anyway, it was my pick, and tonight we watched a movie from 1967 called Quatermass and the Pit, uh, directed by Roy Ward Baker. This is a Hammer film. What do you know about Hammer films? Uh, <clears throat> what? They took over, they kind of, they became the, they took over for Universal when it comes to the horror studio, right? They they took all the black and white classics that were show, starting to show on TV, and they're like, hey, we can make these in color. Yeah, Frankenstein, Frankenstein Dracula. Dracula, Mummy. Yeah. This those. is an English outfit. In the operated in the fifties and sixties and seventies, mostly vampire stuff. Yeah, I don't know. they've come back recently. They reformed. They did uh, Woman you know, in Black, right? That was their biggest hit, I think. Yeah, Woman in Black. Is that the Daniel Radcliffe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did the American remake of Let the Right One In. Yep, Let Me In or Let Me In, right? And the Quiet Ones. I see that one. The last couple of theatrical movies. That, none of them have done very well. So I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen to the reformed Hammer, but. I suggest that they go back through their catalog and maybe remake some of the properties that they already own. Maybe. Hmm. So that brings us to, <laughs> well, I mean, Captain Kronos. Come on. I mean, that movie you could you could do. You could have Kronos going on a bunch of different adventures <laughs> right, throughout be, uh... time or whatever. Um, check out that episode uh, that we did a couple of years ago. So, um, all right. So a little backstory here. I'm going to give you this. Um, Bernard Quatermass is a character who was dreamed up by a guy named Nigel Neal. Uh, Nigel Neal, you may know the name as the uh, writer whose name was taken off of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Whoa. Yeah, he hated what John Carpenter did with it so much that he said, take my fucking name off of this. Respect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and also there's a I think that John Carpenter, which is also, I think, what led me to this movie in the first place, John Carpenter has a fascination with this movie in particular because uh, his movie Prince of Darkness shares a similar vibe to this. It's about a, a group of scientists trying to prove a supernatural phenomena through using scientific method. Uh, and it's written by John Carpenter as an alias. He used the name Martin Quatermass as the oh. screenplay oh. credit. So. Funny. Um, but anyway, the character, so he's uh, the he's a professor, Bernard Quatermass. He's the head of London's, like, something rocket group. They're the first, uh, they launched the first rocket, I guess, from the UK in, in this fictional world that was created. And uh, he appeared in a couple of miniseries on the BBC. There was the Quatermass Experiment in, like, 53 which Hammer adapted into a movie in 57. Then there was Quatermass 2, then Quatermass in the Pit, and then in 1979 there was a BBC teleplay called Quatermass. Hmm. So four stories involving... Was it always the same actor as Quatermass? No. Um, I I believe it was a guy named Brian Donnelly, and I think, I can't remember now if he was in the, the movie or the original TV episodes, but I know that Nigel Neal didn't like 
that actor and was actually happy with Andrew Keir, who appears in this movie. And this was Baker's first time directing the Quartermass movies, wasn't it? I believe so, because he had taken uh, some time off of directing and, like, just came Mm -hmm. back. And then after this, he did Vampire Lovers. He did another movie we watched on this show, uh, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. I mean, he was one of (laughs) Hammer's stable of guys who... Uh, directed some of their stuff. Vampire lovers. Oh yeah, it's a, yeah. You gotta check that out. <laughs> <laughs> the vampire lovers. Oh, Lesbian vampires. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, so was Quatermass always? This movie has kind of a uh, what alien ghost feel? I don't know what to call it. So it is, is Quatermass always supernatural, or is it normal mysteries? And this is kind of. Quatermass in the Pit is just kind of a like a like an X Files type of just a episode, right? Just kind mm-hmm. of an X Files type of story. So, right, yeah, is it starring him? Uh, True Confession. I have not seen ah. the three story. However, <laughs> I, I thought you did some. I know research. that. Well, I did some research. I know that the the plot of the first one is they shoot a rocket off and it comes back, and you know. There's only one survivor, and he begins to mutate based on something that he that's came pretty... in contact with out there. Well, actually, that's a, I want to say that's a tw- Outer Limits episode, but that's very... And I think an X-Files episode. Yeah, I was like, that's I... a pretty common theme, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was the first one that did it or, or what, but yeah. Um, so I don't think... I think this is the first one in this series, as far as I know, that kind of... I mean, I guess that's what it's trying to do, right? Is the explanation of the supernatural it's trying to create like a universal field theory for like why the supernatural exists and explain it in the terms of scientific phenomena yeah yeah but it's always like martians it's like what what the fuck how is that any like like i don't know why that's like well that's logical that's always like a logical (laughs) like what i don't think they could think beyond mars like in the 60s or something right exactly that's very well I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But well, that's very... The idea of intergalactic, you know, or, you know. Because they always whatever. push it back. They always push back, you know, whenever. The the more our science develops, the further back we have to push where the Martians come from. You know, because it's like, well, they're not there. So, obviously, they're right, from yeah. light years <laughs> Like, uh, I find, I find uh, aliens and religion to be in the same uh, conversation. Like, where as soon as you don't find it, you're like, well, that's just because, you know. It's over there. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. way over there. Because you got to assume never what, be able bef- before like War of the Worlds, because those are Martians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before that, like people must have just you know they once came we, from the moon or something. Right? Yeah, probably <laughs> right. <laughs> right in the moon. moon people, oh, yeah. moon <laughs> what if there were men up there watching us right now? Before that, they, they came, came from here. under the ground. You know, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were the under the Antarctic. Uh, there's that big. Uh, conspiracy theory about the like under god damn what do they call it Se- oh, fuck i don't know what they call it second earth where if you go to antarctica there's uh, supposedly some passages to uh, well that's like a hp lovecraft idea mm-hmm. it's at the mountains of man well, lovecraft i think had a lot to do with that kind of like that merging of science i mean i think he did take either Either he, either his his works inspired a lot of scientists to come up with fucking theories, or mm. he just did uh, was interested in that in those type of fringe science. Well, because hell, they believed in what the water apes are back then. Uh, water apes was a evolutionary uh, theory because I want to say it's because no other apes have the webbing in between their fingers the way humans do so they thought maybe we came from the sea and that's where the whole oh. atlantis and la 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 right, la yeah. you know and that was you know, that was i want to say that's that was pretty common but in the 50s i know like like uh robert e howard who wrote mm-hmm. the conan books he was pretty interested in the water ape theory water ape theory is just a crazy cool like old 1950s science theory that everybody should check out for fun it's just it's <laughs> weird it's a few giggles water apes. yeah water apes <laughs> So, yeah, so this movie is a kind of the reason we're saying it's alien because in a weird way, we don't know. Everything's really 
Quatermass just kind of comes up with like, it's from Mars. It's like the fuck, how do you know? Did you see a symbol on there? Did you? Yeah. Made in Mars, made from Mars. Like, well, okay. So for the setup of this, right. I mean, it's a, uh, it's got it like, man, I'd say an intriguing opening where yeah, for sure. I want to see this. I want to see the remake of this movie. I yeah. do. Yeah. You know, I know where, right? cause it's almost like Jurassic park, right? The opening in a weird way, how you got those guys digging in. They're like in sub subway or something like that. Hobbs yeah, End Hobbs underground. End. Yeah. That's that little John Carpenter made a reference to that in uh, in the mouth of madness mm-hmm. at the horror Hobbs End, mm-hmm. and, yeah, or the Hobbs End horror. Yeah, I can see. I love it. I love that they jump right in. Like, there's no backstory. There's no lead up. It's just we're in. Yeah. We're digging. We're finding something. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, they yeah. find a skull. They start but tossing the around. Like, like, what the fuck? What, that, what if that was a murder victim that's know, only right? been there for like a year or two? <laughs> They're like tossing around like, hey, oh. Here's a femur. Just toss it over there. Oh, you got it on me. <laughs> Jesus. Got this skull. They're very British. They, they deal with the mud. They're very British. The tossing of skulls. Yeah. <laughs> tossing of skulls. They're like, yeah, they grew up around the catacombs. They're like, fuck, it's just another goddamn burial site. Plenty of these in well, Charlie the digging Gilbert. the the digging crew finds this skull, and then that eventually leads to the discovery of a large metallic object that's buried in like the clay wall of this. Uh, uh, they're building an extension in the subway or something. Yeah, yeah. but first they yeah. find many bodies that they assume to be some sort of an ape man from five million years ago. Why, mm-hmm. that's even before our predictions. You know, how yeah. did we find? I wonder, like in '67, was there carbon dating? You know, that whole idea right, yeah. that yeah that it. You know what you? It's a background. You need to bury a, or whatever. You can mm-hmm. date stuff based on how much uh, and radio, how, how far in is. the how far in the surface it is. Like oh, you know, yeah, if it's yeah. like how many feet below. But this is just like in the subway. It's just like these are five million years old. It's like well, okay, <laughs> they must have not had that in '67. Yeah. Well, they have to call in the first. You call in the military because, because they think it's a bomb, right? Yeah. Which is cool, right? Because yeah, I mean, this is '67, so that. That literally means it's only been like a little over 25 years, years like since mm-hmm. there were bombs dropping yeah. uh, in England. So. I know. That's a cool idea. Like right cool there. I'm like, oh, okay. So initially you think that this is uh, something from the Blitz or whatever. The yeah. Germans yeah. came over, bombed the shit out of England and this – or London. And this uh, unexploded missile got stuck, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere. And now they're digging it up. It's like, eh. but guess what? Oh. It's not made out of any kind of metal that we've ever seen on – earth before oh my god that's right it can't uh it's not magnetic it's not magnetic magnetic. we know that you can't heat it up you can't drill through it to the Mm -hmm. touch and for some reason this is what's really weird this is what i was trying to figure out where the fuck this is going because when they get inside this thing there is what like a six circle diagram that they point out to be a basic shape of a pentagram Mm -hmm. which i think that's like yeah if you're using like geometry figures and shit mm-hmm. yeah you would like what draw on the outside yeah if you and, drew the the points i think yeah if you drew the, the points point. over the circles so then first you're like what the fuck is this satanic is uh what's going on here is yeah, it because he know? brings up well they they call in Quatermass and he says like you know that was a sign and used in cabalistic magic or whatever yeah you're yeah. like what in a rocket that's five million years old yeah well <laughs> first they still i mean they still think it's like a missile not a missile a missile. <laughs> a missile. And it brings in Julian Glover, who we've also seen in movies like Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. And he was an adept driver in The Empire Strikes Back. Whoa. Yep. So he's like Chris. the main, what's his name? Like Green? Breen? He was an army guy. It's Major that's, Breen? Sometimes when I see movies, I'm just like army guy number one. Yeah, yeah. main army guy. Yeah. That's where that's, I went with that's it. That's the army guy our main character talks to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and our main character is science. He's a scientist, right? Yeah. And the army guy is army. So there's like a, an instant antagonism that's set up between the two of them. Because oh, yeah. there always is. Yeah, because right? the, yeah. their first conversation is just like, when we get to the moon, it's like, and what? Build military bases? It's like, well, fucking what else? So what I mean? <laughs> it could be food shelters up. I mean, yeah, it's a moon. There's I like their, yeah, their optimism. Bases. In ten years, ten years from now, we'll have bases on the moon. I'd like, yeah, I call this. this is, <laughs> so my nineteen seventy-seven. Oh. This is rocket program propaganda. In my, in my, this is like, yeah, right. You gotta, maybe they thought that was. A, I mean, I don't know. This well, is maybe, some fiction because, writer writing well, it, but maybe he's like, you but know, in, what, if we're going to the moon now, 
we should have bases there in 10 years. I mean, it's, it's supposedly uh, two years from this movie, we did land on the moon. So, obviously, the uh, the space race was probably on by the, then. Sputnik. So, that's why all these right. movies, you know, like every Godzilla movie is about space travel. You know, we were just so assured that, like, our future is in the stars. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's the space station. It's not real far off from having a base. Yeah. But it's, it's not a military base, though. No. Imagine. Yeah, you can't shoot <laughs> missiles at other fucking countries. <laughs> the orbiting That's the whole point of it. defense platform. Or maybe they can't. Maybe they don't tell us that. Maybe they just don't tell us. You yeah, satellites it's for just, that. Yeah, you don't need, we don't need I've space seen space. the James Bond movies. They're up there. <laughs> There's a laser. <laughs> <laughs> you can burn through the core of the Earth. Uh, so, yeah, when they get into this thing, that's why it's like I'm really, I don't know, these guys is thinking, because they just unearth it. And they kind of get away. Well, they don't really get away, but like as soon as they find this this spacecraft that looks like a missile, then the whole like uh, ape thing kind of goes away. That story kind of goes away. You know, they're like not so worried about it. Well, it seems like at this point, and I, you got to help me remember exactly why, but it splits this. into two avenues of thought right you've got because there is another scientist character that quatermass is friends with he's the he's like paleontologist anthrop- guy yeah right okay. that is that yeah. was there to dig up the body or help dig up the body or finish digging up the bodies right so he's seeing this purely through the lens of like science where you know he's just dealing with whatever the evidence is that he's been presented with but quatermass goes off I think he like dismisses it at first, but starts investigating like these hauntings that yeah. t- that take that took place well, like, in this right area across the street yeah. over yeah. like uh, what are hundreds of years, something like that. Even though there's still like scratch marks mm-hmm. on the walls, and and like this one cop's like, no, I'm fine being in here, and it's like sweating yeah. bullets. I'm like, should we be worried? I mean, what? The- well, he said- <laughs> he's like, it's it's just silly hypothesis, and a minute later, he's running out of the building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't well, believe he was from that neighborhood, that yeah. he said. So this neighborhood has been, it's like any time in history, they find like, you know, uh, I believe uh, like newspaper clippings and then like, what was it? Like Latin documents at Westminster <laughs> yeah. Abbey mm-hmm. that say like any time the ground is disturbed in this area throughout history, there's been like this mass hysteria. And, you know, people seeing visions of hobgoblins and horned imps. demons. And imps. imps from hell. I've always mm. loved how, like, somehow, where did we get away from imps from hell? Was that, like, in the <laughs> 60s when we stopped talking about, like, like anything you read in the 20s? I also like how they did whip out 1927, which is the date of the uh, Shadow Over Imps. You know, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, Lovecraft always wrote about 1927 around that time, right? So as soon as they, like, were going through the papers, like, in 1927, I was like, ooh, mm. a little... Because, yeah, I think this is kind of Lovecraft. Like, were they doing it? Was it every so many years? I mean, that would have been like recall. 40 years prior. Yeah, we'd have to. No, I don't remember if they were doing like every 40 years or something. I don't know. They didn't make right. it, any mention of the, yeah. the sequential dates or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I mean, I would think this is kind of uh, Lovecraft inspired, but yeah. a very like soft. You know, 1960s sci-fi atomic monster movie version of Lovecraft, right? Right, yeah. You know, where it's like, they're explaining the whole, like, madness thing. They're explaining, uh, you know, this madness is, something from space is afflicting humans. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, this is where I'm like, what the fuck is Quatermass smoking? Right off the bat, he's like, <laughs> all right, man, these things, okay, they find these bugs, right? We forgot they find these fossilized bugs, basically. They're giant bugs. They're giant yeah. bugs. People giant bugs. alien bugs. Yeah. yeah. But, inside the thing. But he automatically leaps that, hey, they're from Mars. We know they're from Mars. Yeah. These are the Martians. Like, what? Obviously. And they <laughs> lured apes to them. Took apes off planet, genetically modified them into the human species, right, and brought them back. This is their conclusion, right that, off that the bat. Qu- that Quatermass has that has drawn up. Well, he's trying to figure Just out seeing a spaceship. Even though the fossils, the skulls Boy, and stuff, are found underneath the ship, for some reason they come to the conclusion that these were in the ship and somehow fell out. Yeah. Like this was the cargo of the ship. Mm-hmm. Were apes. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I, get still, it. I, I still. No, for sure. Even though it's still the, a leap to go, like, even though the massive crickets were sealed in there. Yeah. The right. Apes they were fell sealed. out. 
is what he's saying. in the cargo compartment in the back. Something like that. I don't know. Okay. Right. If Quater Mask can do it, I can connect dots. Well, I mean, he definitely has the thing about, like, why they created us is because what leads them to the whole uh, telekinesis is there's a worker down there that, like, gets spooked uh, and things start floating around. Well, it's the vibrations. Well, but it, it was his mental state, right? Like, if you're close to the ship, it like enhances your potential that we were actually created for. And that's why when he leaves it, he's still like affect it. You know how scared he is, is still affecting his environment. So yeah, he runs down the street and everything's like, he's, he's using unconscious or unwitting telekinesis to move a bunch of shit. As it, it's a decent That's a, it, sequence. It's an interesting idea. Well, I've always liked well, that idea. Well, isn't it what what is happening is the elements from them digging is influencing him. So he's having the visions, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what's scaring him, and that's what's making the telekinesis happen. Yeah, yeah, right. But, but being close to the ship, but it's is not. Ev- him... But it's not everyone that this happens to. They all feel well, because there's the so. Effects, this but... is why it's interesting when Colin talked about like I'm glad he he mentioned how his how the other scientist is coming at it from the strictly uh, scientific, because then they do get to the point of saying like, there's some people it doesn't affect. And I think it's saying like, once a human is purely scientific in thought and have, has no inclination towards the magical or mystical that severs that telekinetic link that these quote unquote creature things have to uh that's why it didn't affect his friend at the end, it, but it was affecting Quatermass, because Quatermass kind of believes in all this uh magic blah 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 where the dude's just like, What what? That doesn't affect me. Yeah, well I think the there's the scene that maybe backs up that that thought is when Quatermass is, you know, seeing the visions or whatever toward the end. The guy shakes him and he's like, yeah. "Quater mask, look at me. Use your mind. You yeah, know, that's use how your you mind. Use your intellect. <laughs> use your brain. Basically, if you use your your conscious brain, you can break the spell of this thing, and it takes considerable effort. But yeah, it's like encouraging him to so use under, his undertones human faculties. of hypnosis, basically. Yeah, but it's this is like because this is what one of those things where when you're watching Quater mask is, you know what this is." This is the untapped human potential, levitation yeah. and telekinesis that's been unlocked by him, this worker, being in proximity to this, uh, the vehicle. And you're like, really? That's <laughs> okay. You know, sure. Yeah. It's like, These are leaps and bounds, <laughs> Which, man. Did, did he say that those, those um, qualities were put in the apes by the aliens? Is, is that? I think you're supposed to believe that, right? That yeah. was part of the modifications that they made to us. Because they're trying to explain, like, maybe that's where all these unexplained phenomena come from, is the fact that these things have been genetically, uh, we've been genetically designed with them, and but we don't know how to control them, or we never learned how to do-do-do, and that's why they break out as these weird phenomena. So or our natural like evolution is affected by the alterca- alterations that they made on these apes millions of years ago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it's almost like they it's almost like they didn't get the finish or some shit like that or, or that mm-hmm. certain certain uh members of Homo sapiens weren't, you know, like have evolved, maybe the scientists evolved without, you know, the modification. Like, you mm-hmm. know, his ancestor never had the surgery done, mm-hmm. right? But like these other apes who spawned everybody else, I don't know. That's what, that's why the one guy that they were making um impressions of his head, they were saying that his was similar to the ape skull that they found. And mm. he made the joke that I'm very primitive. Oh right, yeah, yeah. But so, I'm saying the other yeah. scientist guy, it's like maybe he's you know I mean right, maybe yeah. you're right, Travis, with the idea that, you know, if he's using his intellect, he's immune or he just comes from another genetic offshoot of the human, you know, mm-hmm. species. I don't know. Because obviously yeah. there's a female who is directly influenced the same way the worker is. That's Quatermass's, uh, or it's actually the other scientist's, uh, like, assistant or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbara Shelley. Barbara. Yeah. I don't remember what her, yeah, it's, Barbara? it's Barbara. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think the little... actress is Barbara. Yeah, too. they were both Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so but, she's like super uh, uh, in tune to yeah. these things, and 
what's that thing where it's like they can see that it's like what it's like it's like a hallucination of their mind or something they're having visions of memories of things that happened with this alien colony yeah with the species okay so this is okay i'm gonna lay this out you tell me if this is what you got because i think this is the part where i had to go upstairs for a minute but if i remember correctly the aliens uh the species of aliens on Mars are like this um, racially Cricket? pure, oh, okay. uh, genetically, um, you know, well, they basically yeah. they, eugenicists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, That's yeah. The, the, there you go. And so they weed out any kind of mutations that take place within their um, bloodline or, you know, in their, uh, their world. And so they program, they take the humans to Mars they program them with this genetic race memory so that we will rec- recognize the impure alien uh, species mm-hmm. if we ever see them. And because, okay, so they've got horns on their head and all this stuff. And so we've always associated the image of something with horns as evil right off the bat. So we fear and want to exterminate this thing on site and that's because they programmed us with this so we would recognize their natural enemy Mm -hmm. that's the the plot that's that sounds all right (laughs) right yeah no you got it that makes more sense than the whole like we have a memory television it's just like what the (laughs) fuck (laughs) jesus well i'm still waiting for this device right right? so they can actually take what you're thinking and put it on a tv screen because that the other doctor has a has a great point i was like totally with the doctor they're trying to they were trying to show that to and he's like how do you know i'm like yeah how the fuck do they i mean if it can look at your if it can record a visual a visual recording of your memory can't you use your imagination? I mean, it's the same fucking thing as your memory, I guess. Yeah. Well, use yeah, he does have a good, ex- a good... The counter-explanation is this woman saw the, you know, the fossilized aliens, heard your story about, you know, whatever. She the, hallucinated. The, the and she thing. hallucinated. Well, you, that's what you recorded, and that's what we watched. That doesn't mean it actually happened or this means anything at all. Uh, I was like, yeah, he's right. Did we mention Army Guy and saying that this was all the Nazis? Yeah. Mention that. Well, yeah. So, no, I don't know if we well, did. We haven't, we haven't mentioned it, but yeah, the army say? guy. Thing. That was his explanation. This isn't a spaceship. This is the Nazis. This was a, a, some sort of weapon that they didn't use or something. It was. A, it was supposed to be when the when the Nazis when the Germans were losing the war. It was like a last ditch effort for some like propaganda to like send a uh, yeah. send a ship with fake aliens in it. Just to, to confuse, just the, to stir yeah. them up, to scare them, maybe like if they, because I mean, it's funny because there is actual a lot of like people that think that because Germans were the very first people that had uh, like really awesome like rocket missiles, right? A lot of people attribute that attribute that to the fact that there's a a uh, a, a downed UFO case in the black oh, forest of Germany Tunguska. in like 1936 Tunguska, or something yeah. like that or whatever. So it is kind of funny. Like, yeah. I mean, what if they're using it for propaganda or that's it's, just, a it's funny just funny. Thought. Cause it's like, at first it's like ghosts and then aliens and Nazis. Yeah. I know. It kind of runs like all over the <laughs> yeah. spectrum here. And you're like, what is Demons. actually going on? Because when that guy says well, that, that it a- doesn't sound like that's an irrational way for that character to interpret yeah. what that he, was the at, evidence it that had. was the outer limits episode that Alan Moore ripped off for the end of Watchmen, where in the outer limits episode, one of their uh, astronauts came back deformed, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna, or no, they didn't come back deformed. I think it's like we're gonna deform you, make you seem alien. You're gonna act as if you attack the Earth, and we'll have like this peaceful like. Earth Summit because of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things. There's, like, psychological operations, folks. Psychological operations. Yeah. Because Coitermass, at this point, really doesn't have any good... Oh, he'll believe anything. Because he's, he's just like, it's from Mars. It's a ghost. I don't know. Well, he has a feeling. He has a feeling, though. Weren't you there? You were there. Didn't you feel it? Didn't you see it? He draws a lot of anthropological conclusions just from, like, little minute pieces of information that, he, that they're digging up. Yeah. Like he sees a brief picture of these like giant fucking crickets marching around like Nazis, and he's like, 
they want to purify the colony. And it's like, where really? They were walking. Where did you get that from? Well, this? I think he's just used to what, like thinking in metaphysical, like everybody else is either like pure hard science or just like blah, blah. blah. And he's like, no, man, you got to like this guy somehow just knows. So if you would mean, recast this movie all for the remake. Conspiracy guys <laughs> do it right where they're just like, man, it all fits. You know? So if you did make a remake, you'd make him younger. And like, uh, no, he's gotta be old. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> well so nowadays I wouldn't make him younger cause you got to sell the movie. I'd, I'd make, make him, him Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Absolutely. Sam <laughs> well, it's like, I guess, you know, I'm thinking of people to see this movie. It's brilliant. I love make him, Sam Neill. Make him that Kevin co- Costner. I love Sam Neill. <laughs> he can do it. Why not? Yeah. yeah I know, right? I'm just thinking if you want, yeah, for the money aspect, you yeah. cast somebody younger, but the, uh, idea that, you know, like in British stories, I mean, cause I mean, you know, like, you look at Doctor Who, it's like, we're going to tell you science, but we're going to have like a prof- professorial type character, you know, giving this, I'm like, mm-hmm. is it just a thing like in their culture where it's like, you know, it, that's the authority figure. Maybe that's it's like, culture. we'll listen to the that's atomic, bearded that's 1950s professor. atomic monster movie. Making. I suppose it's like, right, I'm going to yeah. explain this movie to you. You're like, this is the story. <laughs> you know, it's like but they make him the hero. Usually our heroes are the, you know, the jet fighter oh, pilots sure, or something right? like that. Who well, have they got Sherlock, right? So Sherlock becomes the, I was just talking to Colin about how I watched Luther, DCI Luther, you know, the detective <laughs> inspector Luther. Yeah, you know, you got the Sherlock, so their hero is the... Brainy. Yeah, the brainy. The guy that can figure things out by looking at things and just figuring out, like, did you smell his breath? It had coffee. That means that he was at this place, at this yard or some shit. You're right, though, about the Brits. What was that? We watched, um... Was it the time machine we watched? That Mm -hmm. it was the the British... Mm -hmm. They do. They have the British professor guy as the hero. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's science, right? Science, driving the future forward and all that jazz. Maybe that's a thing. It also, I was thinking... It's one of those things how today, what, today everything has to be cops or journalists. That way it gives you access to the story, right? Right, We're always talking about how, like, you need to be able to get to the laptop or go to a friend and say, like, what happened? And they'll be like, I'll get back to you. They make Uh, journalists look like the hardest working people in the history of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Big big newspapers and big TV, not Police and firemen just standing around, but the journalists, they're honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Figuring out those mysteries. Yeah. I think, well, it's, you know, what you have to do. Like you said, for like any kind of mystery (laughs) structure, you have to have somebody who can talk to all the. Has access and like knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. An unlikely hero would be a professor of physics who runs a in a rocket group, but you know, I mean, but not for not for Martians though, because he's like right? it's the obviously Martians. Hello, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking that it had. But, uh, but why even bring in the pentacle? <laughs> like that's why I thought it's like are they going to go kind of like space demon thing? Like we were actually talking of child child's uh, childhood's end or whatever it was on the Arsa Scott card uh, thing that Sci-Fi Channel made a a show out of where. The aliens look exactly how we've depicted uh, devils, and they convince humans to stop breeding, and then they steal all the children. That way, it's like fuck, they fucked us, mm-hmm. yeah, or whatever. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've never seen it, so I can't even tell you if that's a. Is it a movie uh, too? They make a movie. It's now? a three part. It's a three part movie. That's why I want to see it. Sounds fucking interesting, right? Hmm. Sounds kind of like this, but that's why it's like I thought the pinnacle thing was going to kind of pl- come back in, but man, I don't know what the fuck that signifies. I think that they just gave it. us our man, okay shit. Well, it's one of Hold their on. symbols, and then we've appropriated that and see that as an evil thing because mm-hmm. okay, it's used in witchcraft for sure. Well, also yeah. I was thinking, well, if you have to be of scientific mind for their power to work, I mean, maybe that's the thing they gave us the symbols too, so we would be more susceptible to their. Uh, you know, if we would be more uh, magic thinking or more open minded to that shit, we'd be more, um, you know, susceptible to mm. their influence. That's what I pulled from it. Yeah. That, well, because obviously the, the people, the more scientific mind are the ones that are being targeted to be killed. The ones that the ones that are being influenced are the ones that have the magical belief system or whatever. Yeah, because that's later in so, the movie. This so it's, it's, when they yeah. actually take, I guess uh, you know, there's a an, what is it, an explosion of power from the thing, and all of the citizens of this of Hobbs End, of people. Or whatever the neighborhood, 
all become like killing, drones yeah. and are killing the people who are quote unquote different from them. In this case, I think it's the the it's, ones who aren't susceptible. The, the, it's the scientific thinkers. Yeah. yeah. The great minds. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to purge them from yeah, because, the, the race. Because if these creatures come to Earth, they want to be able to be the overlords. They want to be able to control with like their hypnosis or the hypnotic powers. That's what the big thing was at the end. It's like controlling them. It's like it the was, beacon. What do they call them? The Satan? Or what do they call them? The devil? Oh, my God damn. What do they call them? They, they, they call them something like a Martian devil. I can't. That's not what they call them. <laughs> yeah, like well, in the movie? Satan. Yeah, they call them something. They <laughs> had like a name Satan for him. Thing. Because he was like, he was just a huge thing of energy. It was like the great and powerful Oz. It towers it over was. London, this gigantic. It's like made of vapor like or something, hologram. but it looks it was, like. It, no, it's pure energy. That's why this is like they had a yeah. fucking like a very scientific way to deal with it. It's like, dude, if we if we connect this steel. Uh, uh, it's a crane. Yeah, yeah. a steel crane. Thank you. God damn it. <laughs> if we connect the steel crane to him, it will it will ground him and that energy will be drawn into the earth. It's like, it's like holy fuck. <laughs> But that's too simple. That's why it's brilliant. That's why it's science. <laughs> Weren't they talking about like I thought it was supposed to be iron or something? I'm like, they make cranes out of iron or whatever because he was saying like, well, in the stories, iron is always the devil's enemy or, yeah. Yeah. or something like that. Like, Maybe it's because. I mean, I know that was. Uh, Maybe there was just iron components in it. I don't. It's just the idea of what. Dude, hey, this totally uh, has ties to Life Force. Now that I'm thinking about it, because <laughs> in Life Force, the guy makes it like. You know, it's not a wooden stake through the heart, but a iron shaft through the energy source, which is located just below the heart or whatever. And in that movie, London basically goes to shit and huh. people are running around, Weird. you know. At the I know end. I watched it, but I don't know. Well, it's like <laughs> in both movies, I guess, towards sure. the end when chaos erupts, like there's just people running through the streets. What like, year was that from? That was 85. Yeah. But it was a British set apocalyptic kind of. Well, that's what this movie. Something comes from space and mm-hmm. fucks everything. In that case, it's a naked. That's what this movie race. set up influence for so much British cinema and TV. So much. Like, it directly influenced Doctor Who, which is the biggest show in Britain. I think they said there are a couple of Doctor Who episodes that, you know, where somebody digs something mm-hmm. up and it, you know, turns yep. out that it's ancient and has Affects their minds. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I don't there's know, direct what, references in Doctor Who. Whatever, but. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, think, I think Mark Gatiss even said that he, some of the episodes he wrote were directly influenced from Quatermass. But specifically this movie or just the this series in, as a whole? It's like now I want to go back and kind of check. Some yeah, I'm a little interested out. to see. I think YouTube. Uh, the I think on YouTube I found the original series of Quatermass in the Pit, which I think is like a three part. Hmm. So this is like a condensation. Is that right? A condensed version. <laughs> yeah, so condensation. That's <laughs> that water, didn't sound right. right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a condensed version of a, what was originally like a three part. Really? Play. Uh-huh. This movie. Yeah, each of the oh, Quatermass stories were black and white, like produced for TV. Oh, this is the one that was in '53. No, or this that one was the first movie. That was the first. That was Quatermass Experiment. Was that was the first? In '53 was the TV version, and then in '57 was the movie version, Quatermass Experiment. Then somewhere between '57 uh, and '67, there's Quatermass crazy. Two, the TV version, and the movie, Weird. and Quatermass in the Pit, the TV version, huh. and then the movie. Same actors? No, no, no. Because this was Andrew Keir's first shot at it. Crazy. And I know that the guy, the guy, I, I, I believe there was the same actors maybe in the TV versions, but Hammer replaced them when they did their their movie. Have you heard if people prefer one to the other? I have not. Huh. I know. Didn't do my research on that one. I don't know which is better. Yeah, because this was kind of long to begin with, I thought. Like, when it comes to stories like this, I'm always like, oh, man, this is why Twilight Zone is 22 minutes. It's all you need for, like, a really fascinating sci-fi horror story. It's like 22 minutes. After that, it's a lot of stretching it out and a lot of just like, I don't agree with that. I think it's real. <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck. Let's do that for well, some of it's got to be like the pacing just that was accepted generally accepted by the audience of mm-hmm. the 60s yeah. where it's like we hadn't, you know, I mean, it's I keep just, on attributing it to the MTV style of cutting where you well, had, you, just, uh, uh, you know, fast edits and all that stuff in the 80s. But when the pace kind of picked up and you had action beats, it's like this one really doesn't have action beats. It's all like 
Well, but it barely has. You, I mean, you don't even get into the fact that it might be a spaceship mm-hmm. for the first like forty. I mean, yeah. it's just like Jesus Christ. But I think that's that's. I mean, I don't know. Is it a positive? It's different than what we do now in that. It's like this movie keeps feeding you information, like, pretty much all the way to the end. Yeah. Like, it's really close to the end yeah. when you figure out what the hell is actually yeah. going on. Yeah. So, it's like, it starts off with something, and you're like, am I supposed to care about this? Mm-hmm. And then, like, something else happens, you're like, okay. And I heard you back there sitting there going, like, okay, we've got, you know, spacemen, demons, apes. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> the There's fuck? something here. And so, yeah, it's like 20 minutes in before you even it starts to coalesce. And I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, that's an interesting way of putting together a movie where it, like there's all these pieces yeah. and they weave together. And it's like, it's just counting on the fact that, well, you bought the ticket, your ass is in the seat. So we got you, you're going to watch it. And we're going to kind of give this out. Now it's like, well, you got to hook them within the first five minutes. So they'll be intrigued and kind of tell them basically what the movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. Here's the point, the main antagonist. And then the hero goes through a series of events. I just think you got to show something. Because it's like this movie just has like dead bugs. I mean, they're dead and they start melting. There's a really funny joke about a guy that has to put something underneath a melting bug. <laughs> and it's going to drip out of That should be in a, like that would stay in the in the modern remake. That's just yeah, too funny to have a fucking creature drip ooze on you. Um I liked that it kept you guessing. It kept you thinking, okay, well, maybe it's this. Okay, well, maybe it's this. It did drag too long. I I'll got a little with bored there. with the guessing. Like, you I'll, I'll agree with you. It went, out it went too long. Because it I don't even know long. where you're coming up with your <laughs> your theories. It's like, why not Pluto? <laughs> and then you even, know, why not hell? And then that's a Tra- pentagram. Travis and I were saying, even then, they like got the bugs. They're like, okay, there's alien bugs. There's still no trouble. Like, there's, there's no, no conflict. Right, there's, right. Everybody's yeah. like, we have to hurry. It's like, why? <laughs> it's been there for five million years. Nobody's in danger. What's, I mean, what's you the had point? the one. I mean, I guess when the one worker, that's like, when it's like, oh, thank God. We're like an that's hour into the movie. Up, yeah. And like the worker go down by himself and the lights click off. It's like, fuck, something's going to finally. <laughs> yeah. Just something's going to happen. <laughs> something's you know? happening. And it's just like, the cables are moving by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, and like, just how opportune for a cheap movie to be like, you can't see them, but I see them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's the thing. It's like where it seems like the ambition of the story is greater than what they had the resources of the book. I mean, Mm because it looks like they were basically stuck to one set. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're in the tube set for most of the damn movie. You know, that's where all the quote unquote action takes place, you know. So it's like they probably didn't have the budget to go and do elaborate. I mean, when they did do the 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 memory flashback scene on Mars, which is that's where they actually figure out that it is Mars. Yeah. I guess it, it, he's his belief is confirmed at that point. But now what color is the sky? It's like brown or red or whatever the hell. Um, but that scene, like when he describes it <laughs> after blue. we watched this, like these little tiny like miniature grasshoppers (laughs) jumping across and there's fireworks and all this stuff. And you really can't see what it is. And then he's like, you saw them killing each other. We all saw it. I'm like, I I didn't see it. I just watched what you watched. (laughs) They were walking. It It was the body. Do you see the bodies getting thrown on each other? No. No. Yeah, (laughs) it was was, was there. I just saw them marching. No, it's there in the mix where you see like a pile of bodies and more of them are falling Uh, on each other. So uh, those are supposed to be the, Dead piles of But that could be up. from all the explosions going off yeah. on their home. I guess planet. they should. Like, I just, uh, it like clicked in my head. It's like, oh, duh, the hallucinations are the, that's what gets the people like crazy to go out and kill mm-hmm. in the others or whatever. Because they, this world fades away and you think you're on Mars. Again. And so this is all coming from the ship. The ship is some sort of sentient organic thing. Yeah. I was like, the ship is alive, right? It's, it's alive. got veins. It's, in got, it. veins. it's got veins. It glows. Actually, we see inside it at one point. It has like a circulatory system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a few times. And then when it starts to glow, we see like its whole like circulatory system. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's weird. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that to me it's is right. the moment where Special it feels effects. the most like a Lovecraftian. I don't know if it's a borrow or just he was, you know, swimming in the same waters as Lovecraft. But the idea that something is buried beneath the surface of the planet. And is a, psychically influencing the people who because live it had above to do it. with it, its its evolutionary uh, yeah it, at mm-hmm. some point in time affected its evolutionary or humans evolutionary uh, whatever stages yeah. and now has a mental like what not necessarily control but something of a control a sway a mental sway 
almost like a lunar like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> if they say they say the uh, moon affects us because if it affects the tides we're 70 percent water and that's mm. why lunatics blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. blah blah yeah so it's kind of that the aliens have sway over us yeah and they want us to kill each other or whatever i don't know it's like why they make us if they want us to kill each other i don't get it. Or they want to get rid of the scientific-minded people so they can control, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, were there scientific-minded people? I mean, it's been there for five million years. Well, it's also, the fuck was the closest? It's like, this guy doesn't throw shit. Well, it's like, possible yeah. they didn't know that they were going to go extinct or some shit, yeah. too. I'm not entirely clear on that. Maybe they were watching the process of evolution, watching man become man, and they're like, oh, well, they're they're evolving. Maybe we should take control now before they evolve to take us over. Unless it was for their own, because... I, it's funny that I like the, this reminds me a lot of, uh, one of my favorite superhero sci-fi horror things, the Giver, which the Giver <laughs> is about aliens that created human beings and they, inst- uh, installed in us the untapped potential to become monsters, the zoonoids, you know, we werewolves, blah, 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 <laughs> to fight their wars for them. It's like, holy fuck. It's like the same. So like this idea <laughs> Oh, shit, you could probably go into Scientology and find this idea. But it's like, so this idea has been floating around in people's consciousness, at least since, like, the 50s or 60s. If not before well, like that, because Lovecraft was yeah. fucking, yeah. 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 That's why, shit, Lovecraft, maybe those guys. But, so maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's life imitating art. Maybe, maybe people read Lovecraft and they're just like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Let's invest all our money into movies about it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't read enough on Nigel Neal to know if he was... No, I mean, Neal. he's a science fiction writer. I don't know if he actually wrote novels, though. He may have just written, like, screenplays or teleplays or stuff like that, too. He wrote another... Did I mention this earlier? On a previous episode, maybe, but something called The Stone Tape, which no. was... is It was a BB... Like, ever since I've heard of this thing, I, I'm like, I gotta see this, but... uh it's another BBC like teleplay where he tries to explain a haunting through like a scientific means. And his theory is that the, uh, or the, you know, like the scientists have to go and investigate this place where this haunting has taken place. And they figure out that they're actually seeing a replayed version of a past event that's Mm. being played off of the actual walls of the surface of the materials in the room. Like, so your wall is yeah. functioning as a recording surface for everything that, you know, you're doing in your house or whatever. And if you can attenuate some kind it's of frequency the, in your brain or whatever, yeah, you can actually trigger the playback of this event. I like that. It's pretty genius. That's kind of cool. So this guy's job as a, as a fiction writer is to science up any sort of supernatural or, uh, yeah. I think so. I mean, he also wrote The Abominable Snowman for Hammer and The Witches, but I didn't see either of those. Because when I when I watched this movie, I was like, this fucking movie is like, to me, 10 years too late. You know, I was like, this should be black and white, like in The Atomic Monster. Just the, I mean, just that the design exists. of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, then how, how far, so how, how, uh, how much time separates the uh, television series from the, uh, from the movie? Wasn't it about ten years? I don't think for each uh, fifty-seven. Like each well, I mean, episode. for this particular one. All right, hold on. Here we go. We're so, Captain Googling this. Captain thing. Google. Uh, it says, "Oh shit!" Uh, oh, nineteen fifty-eight. It was December nineteen fifty-eight. Six episodes, and so the movie was 67. sixty-seven. So nine years. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I didn't know it was that. This was also released here yeah. in the States as under the title Five Million Years to Earth. So mm-hmm. that's, maybe how you know it. that's a better name than <laughs> Quater Mass in the Well, no, Quater Mass in the Pits. Like, what the fuck is that? That sounds crazy. I thought it was gonna involve a little bit more vampires. <laughs> because what well, you know it was uh, just hammer, oh, you know, hammer, and it's yeah. called the pit. I'm like, ooh, sounds very vampirish. And then as soon as we saw them unearth a skull, I was just like, vampirish. <laughs> The nope, buggish aliens. I was trying to look real quick and see if I could find the TV series and when they actually aired. Uh, Okay, so Quatermass, or the Quatermass experiment was 53, the Quatermass 2 was 55, and Quatermass in the pit was 58. So, yeah, and the movies were like 57. 
something in so just, 67. Huh. So. Crazy. Huh. Yeah. And then it. 79. There was the one in 79, which is like, what in the fuck? But right, yeah, I don't know why that yeah. far? Why that long? <laughs> I don't know why, like, you, it, you know, I saw the BBC had done a, <clears throat> they did a remake of Day of the Triffids not too oh, long yeah. ago. And I'm like, you know, they should go. And you know, I think it was like a modern, maybe I'm talking about the wrong thing, but it seems like they did a. You're talking out your ass. <laughs> in like the 2000s, they did a TV remake of Day, Day of the Triffids. No fuck. And it's like, why don't you go back and do, like, a modern-day Quatermass? I mean, like, he's one of those guys where it seems like you could just take the character, you could update him, yeah. and you could bring him, put him off on a series of, like, sci-fi-slash-horror-slash-science-y yeah. I feel like this is adventures. prime for a remake. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's, it really it, is. It's got to be, like, just get Benedict Cumberbatch or Martin Freeman and make your fucking... There you go. I mean, oh, I would boom. watch the shit that's, out of that. Know, every, <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why every BBC show is like, who's available, Martin Freeman or Benedict Cumberbatch? Both. Mm-hmm. Always both. Oh, no, Idris Elba. Oh, dude, he'd be an awesome Quater Mask. Oh, well, dude. Yeah. We were he, saying- says, he says Earth. Oh, yeah, dude, like, where's these aliens come from, Earth? We were saying earlier, Mark, Mark Gatiss was directly influenced by this movie. So if he wrote it, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman would definitely be in it. That's right. Awesome. See? I mean, Done. Yeah. There's your movie. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So is that... Uh, I think that is Queen of Mass. We're after Queen of Mass? Yeah. I guess it's me. Well, wait. Um, well, quickly. We don't have mailbag oh. this week, so we're not summoning our henchman, Igor. But if you want to get a hold of us, if you want to share your thoughts on Quatermass in the Pit or any other episodes, or if you have any, you know, recommendations or any thoughts at all about crazy cult classics or uh, movies from your childhood, please share. Love to talk to you and give you props. We're on Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. And also, you can shout at us on Twitter at Sat Freak Show, and you can email us. You remember email? There's this thing that came around. Anyway, that's uh, Saturday night. Yeah, that's the only place <laughs> anybody uses it. Uh, Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com. So for our wrap ups, Travis gets to start us off. Travis, final thoughts. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I feel about this movie? I feel confl- How do you feel about this I feel this conflicted movie? about this movie because I, like, I like the story, but like I said, this is a the type of story that's been used a lot. Well, not necessarily a lot because, I mean, what's it's pretty it's pretty new, the whole, like, oh, aliens affect our brains and makes us want to kill each other. But it's like, why? You know, it's a kind of a frustrating movie because, oh, there's just more questions. I mean, it answers a lot of questions, but then you're still like, but why? Like, it just leaves you with a lot of questions. Uh, and I find that very frustrating. I like the character of Quatermass. Um, I like the actors in this movie. I do like the feel of this movie. I think it's a tad long for what, you know, I mean, there is some action in it. But then once you learn the action is really like, no, nah, it's not like a threat. It's more like, you know. You're just getting freaked out and like it's your own mental like telekinesis acting out. It's like it's interesting. It is interesting. But I don't necessarily know if it's exciting. Like I said, I think an idea like this would be better served in a half an hour or 45 minutes so you can just condense it and put the impact in there, right? Instead of have this long, I mean, shit long movie. It was only... 98 minutes or whatever. It's like, this is the short version. <laughs> the long version is six hours. <laughs> maybe there's like more, I don't know. Maybe there's just more to it. Maybe they go more in depth with, so, I don't know. I can't. Right, we'll like, have to put a, to, we'll, we'll put a link to the well, phone on YouTube. Okay, yeah, on you sure Facebook those aren't page. just like six episodes of 20 minutes. I mean, oh, good point. right. They could be, I assume they're yeah, an hour, but maybe, yeah, we're talking TV in the 50. I'm sure it's 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. So, really, you're only looking at, you know, maybe another hour and a half, two hours or so like that of uh, whatever. I am interested to see the old one. Um, just because I think, I think black and white days, like the Twilight Zone days, Outer Limits, I think they just kind of did more to accentuate the horror where nowadays, or not nowadays, but like, you know, when you got Hammer and uh, you got color movies some better special effects. I'm sure even back then they kind of relied a little bit on the special effects, you know, not that this has a lot of special effects, you know, but 
So, yeah, I feel, uh, yeah, I'm just so conflicted on this movie because I can't say I enjoyed it. I can't say I enjoyed watching it. I was intrigued by it. I wanted to know what the fuck was happening, but maybe I was like, maybe that was, it's like that J.J. Abrams, like, just tell me what is going on and I'll give, you know, <laughs> just let me go home. <laughs> like, I'm interested, but but it's like, is that enough? Is only interested in finding out what it is, not necessarily interested in the movie. You know what I mean? Was the reveal worth it? Or the final one. Well, you don't really have out. a reveal. I mean, you just have this kind of like, yeah, there. You just have throughout throughout the the hour and a half, you just have Quatermass come up with a few hypotheses that turn out like you're supposed to take that as well. That is what's going on. Like I, you know, once again, I think we kind of figured we fleshed it out a little bit more talking about it than watching the movie. You know, just being able to sit down and think about like, well, why? But why? But why? But why? I don't think the movie necessarily gave it to you, you know? It's almost one of those things, like, if they would have given us one of those things where if you saw, like, a person being maniacal and attacking another person, but then you saw in the maniacal person's vision one of these, like, uh, creatures, like, maybe they could have sold the idea that they're supposed to be hallucinating. Mm. Uh, I mean, maybe a reason, like, well... Yeah, because why does it want to get rid of the other? Uh, I mean, yeah, it has the eugenics thing. You're supposed to just kind of, I mean, I guess back then eugenics was more of a a common concept with, uh, you know, World War II around the bend or mm-hmm. whatever. So just the concept of, well, we're going to eliminate people based on, you know, qualities we deem to be lesser than. So they didn't necessarily have to drive it home in this movie, maybe just because I mean, fucking. Well, I mean, most like, movies are about that. When I when I watch most yeah. sci-fi movies from the '60s, and it's mm-hmm. like it's eugenics. Everything's about either it's a pro or it's a con. You know, like what do you think? Well, it's all like race riots and tensions and stuff like that in the '60s. I True. Think. I don't know if that was just an American thing or what, but it seems like uh, you know that tension. You could lay that into this movie. And kind of have almost the same thing yeah. at the end without changing much. <clears throat> so, even, allegory. Even, there even you the go. main army guy, like we said, he was like, no, it's Nazis. And like at the end, it's, oh, no, it's space Nazis. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Alien Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking fascists. Yeah. So, I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't recommend this movie just because I think it's a slow movie. But I think it's a, I think it's a okay story. I just think it could be done a little better, um, and there's not enough. There's not a threat or anything to get you so intrigued. Like it's not like a, there's no ticking clock or there's no like. It's almost if 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 they would have built a. You know, we were talking a few weeks ago. We were talking about in the mouth of madness. How like right from the get go, they're like, you know, it must be getting pretty bad out there. They build this scenario of this world that is psychologically. A, on the edge, right? I feel like if this movie could have, like, kind of... I mean, it doesn't matter because they didn't unearth it until that moment. But it's almost like... I don't know. I just feel like they could have... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they could have fixed this movie. But you'd be there for the remake. I, I'd be there for the remake because you drip ooze from a creature on a guy. That was a, such a funny part. I thought that was like... It was like a is, pea soup ooze, too. It was brilliant, dude, because <laughs> it's melting, right? Touched by Earth's atmosphere for the first time and blah, blah, blah. <coughs> So there's different ways, I because I guess, I don't know, I guess I want, instead of having the girl's memory being about what they show you or what you think, or I almost would have rather her been able to tap into the spaceship or something like that, mm. right? Like, we're almost talking like, like if you watch Slither, how there's that one girl that right, almost yeah. connects yeah. and then is able to rip it free. So she has that information yeah. of like, this is what it does. This is what it does. Yeah. I, I, I needed a little bit more information. I wish there was some character, you know, some fucking like, I see visions, you know, or something that could tell us a little bit more. But it's kind of, it's a little nitpick. But. In 1967, they wouldn't have given a woman that power. But they kind of did in this. To be able to understand the ship like that, though? No. No. <laughs> they just gave her the visions, and then the guy punched her, and she was done. <laughs> yeah. He had to interpret it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I kind of do. It's one of those <laughs> things. <laughs> weird i because i was like fuck i might even go find the old show just to see what the old show was like because i think it's an intriguing 
concept. I do. Next. <laughs> so yes and no for you. It's, it's a it's a it's a big no, but kind of yeah. It's a, it's, it's a it's a big fat maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I loved the concept. The, the entire story I thought was a really great concept. Um, whether influenced by Lovecraft or whatever, everything, whatever, everything, everything of the sixties. I'm influenced by Lovecraft. (laughs) I really loved how they, how they made it so that the aliens affected like the spirituality of humans. I thought that was really cool. It explained how, you know, like we were saying, our vision of evil is what we see as these aliens. And, just the fact that all these like spiritual situations, the hauntings were actually, um, actually the, the, the craft influencing the elements and making that happen. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really creative. I haven't seen that before to have spirituality, like supernatural religion and aliens all combined mm-hmm. to one. I thought that was really cool. You don't see that very often, to be honest. Right. Yeah. So I actually think, but, but today... Prince of Darkness, John no, Carpenter. Well, today with like... Look, <laughs> you know what I mean. Look at shows like Ancient Aliens. That's It seems like that's trying to become a more popular opinion than religion. You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, that makes a way much more sense. Like, but, it, but in, yeah, in 67, I mean, yeah. that yeah. was... That wasn't it was really on the done. fringe. That wasn't really done. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, I, I liked. I wish they would have done more with the organic spacecraft. I thought it just like sat there. I mean, granted, it did affect the elements, like we said, but I thought they could have done more with it. I thought it was actually really well crafted for the '60s. Like that's not usually what a, a spacecraft looks like. I think. Mm. I thought it was very sleek. I will. I will agree with you there that the spaceship yeah. design was pretty fucking cool for '67. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty like it just wasn't a silver disc or exactly. Some shit, yeah, you know? it looked like an actual craft, like a like a real, yeah, like a real spaceship. Um, I thought that was cool. There, yeah, I thought the I was expecting the effects to be really terrible, and they weren't great. But I think that was also because there weren't a lot of them. You know. Um, yeah, there's dudes off camera just whipping the cable. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a bit, of it was a bit exploding cheesy, lights, yeah. though. That's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought it was fun, even at the very end when it just like it just starts. They jump in, start digging. They find it at the end. Everything just stops. Like this horrible thing happened. They're just standing there. Credits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's good. Dude, you can't go anywhere from there. That's how it should end. It's a little abrupt, but that's how it should end. I liked it. I don't know. I'd recommend. All right. Um, yeah. yeah uh, one other thing I forgot to mention. This is only like of relevance to Hammer Files probably, but the same year, both uh, Andrew Keir, Quatermass, and Barbara Shelley were in uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, which I'm not sure if that was directed by Roy Ward Baker. I don't think that it was. But like, yeah, I mean, like Hammer just kind of moved these people and used the same group of actors and moved them around from film to film, which is kind of interesting. I love studio, uh, what do they call the studio system? Um, I enjoyed it because it's a, it's like, I mean, I've seen it a couple times and, you know, I'm, I'm curious enough to at some point go and watch the other Quatermass movies because it is like, it's a movie like a uh, dark city or something, right? Where you have this kind of, there's an intriguing mystery that is kind of doled out to the audience and like pieces you know piecemeal the whole way through it until there's like a revelation which you know i mean i took the first time was like had i read lovecraft at that point i must not have whenever i first saw this because i just remember going like this is the weirdest thing like this is cool the idea that you're taking all this you know as holly said the spirituality the the idea of ghosts supernatural and you know that they're caused by like alien phenomena, psychic you know connection with aliens is like what the fuck, you know. <clears throat> I mean, I remember that impressing me. You know, you're watching it now, and it's like, <clears throat> well, you know, it has a 1960s pace, a 1960s flavor. It has uh, not a lot of action, so the modern audience is like, can I recommend it to somebody? You know, it's like, man, you got to see this movie Quatermass in the Pit. I mean, I know I did it with you guys. 
Uh, <laughs> but we're movie watchers, you know. It's like you can't just pull somebody, some of your friends off, and go like, "You got to see this," you know. It's. Uh, I think it's for you know people who are uh, interested in the genre, science fiction mm-hmm. and or horror, and uh, you know probably who have gone down a couple levels in their their excavation of the uh, of the form more of the genre. Uh, then I would definitely say check it out because I think that the story is intelligent enough uh, and intriguing enough that, you know, that's the appeal of Mm -hmm. it. And I think that you probably could make some modifications to this and remake it and bring that character into the modern day. I mean, even as like it a BBC show. There's not like a remake. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's not saying like theatrical, but, but I'm saying like, there's not like a remake of like Kolchak. I guess that's what yeah, Buffy is. What, when? It was on ABC. It had um, well, uh, Charlie's Theron's ex in what? it. Sean Penn? No, the guy what? who was in uh, <laughs> Queen of the Damned. Stuart. Oh, um, Stuart Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. He was Kolchak. And it was nothing like the original Kolchak, and that's why nobody watched it. I think it lasted like half a season or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would recommend it, you know, if you're listening and you know who you are, uh, or hopefully you've seen it if you're listening to this, I suppose, because uh, we just spoiled the whole thing. But if that sounds <laughs> intriguing, you should go watch it. The design of the uh, the aliens, I think, is one of the things that, like, is – Something that will hold you back from it. Well, I was thinking, it's like, when was the first, like, quote-unquote, bug alien? You know, not the gray, big-eyed, you know what I mean? Well, I guess, fuck, when did the big gray, like, it wasn't really until the 70s that we got the gray, right? Everything was lizards or fucking blah, blah, blah. It was, everything was just kind of an animal Well, they used to be... Gorillas with diving helmets and yeah, men in black leotards and, and with antenna on their head or whatever. The cat women in the moon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the big bug alien, it's like they could be realized better now than they did then. I mean, he's saying like, it looks like a gargoyle, doesn't it? Spitting image of a gargoyle. I'm like, I don't really see it. But yeah, Spitting beak. image of a cricket. Yeah. yeah, it looked like a giant cricket. So it's like, would you do it the same way today? Probably not. You'd make it more like a cinematic uh, alien, but... Um, yeah, well, so, so I mean, I kind of like the gargoyle thing. But well, if it looked more like a, a gargoyle, I just like that idea of of things from the past influencing our art. And yeah, I get what he was saying. Yeah, he was I saying if, if cool. it's it's like a twisted version of it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you can see, I guess that's it. If you're the type of person who can see past the limitations of the time, take it for uh, what it is. Yeah, then <laughs> I would recommend the movie Quatermass and the Pit. So next week, we're going to be watching Travis's pick. Travis, what are we watching on the next Saturday Night Freak Show epic podcast? We are going to be watching the movie called... Oh, it is called Basket Case. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. The Frank Henlotter classic basket case on the next saturday night freak show you heard it here first uh and until then the basement is going dark